Hey, welcome to the podcast. This is The Surge Effect, and I'm your host, Mike Surge. This podcast will be talking about anything and everything. Life in general to current events and past events, and all things about this beautiful and wonderful world that we live in. And this podcast, well, it'll probably have an effect on you. Hello there, and welcome to another episode of The Surge Effect. In this episode, we are going to be discussing the emergency inquiry. Now, unless you've been living under a rock for the last little while, but the last month they've been doing every day, they've been doing uh, uh, testimonies and uh, cross-examinations by the Ottawa lawyers as well as the convoy lawyers. And uh, they're doing it every day for like about three or four weeks. Anyway, some uh, witnesses that come up, uh, they're there for like eight or nine hours. It's a long day, a lot of stuff to go through. I just picked out a couple of just a couple of highlights from a few individuals, a few of the ministers. Um, that's about it. Uh, if you haven't been watching it at all, um, this will kind of give you an idea of how things kind of unfolded. But uh, the mediator that uh, was put in charge by Trudeau for this uh, inquiry, um, he's a liberal, of course. I I think it's uh, basically putting putting they should have put somebody that was neutral. Right, somebody that uh, wasn't a liberal or a PC or NDP, just a neutral party, and that way it would have been, you know, somewhat fair and unbiased, as far as I'm concerned, because it's like basically be like a judge committing assault to somebody, and then being in charge of his own trial. Chances are he's not going to convict himself, right? Um, but anyway, there's just a lot of makes you kind of wonder how things are, are going to unfold. Um, but being handpicked by Trudeau uh, to be the uh, mediator for this is it's a little. Little sketchy in my in my opinion, and uh, as far as fairness goes, is it going to be a fair uh, a fair go for the people that uh, are on the convoy side, basically the trucker side? Um, now, my kind of take on how it kind of unfolded, as far as ministers and uh, some of the uh, other players uh, that were um, the organizers for the convoy uh, when they were testifying. My kind of take on it is when the lawyers for the government were up saying you know asking questions and stuff it was almost like it was pre-rehearsed it was like it was like they it was like theater they'd done it already and they were just doing it again it's kind of like a another run-through kind of thing the the ministers were they were choosing their words very carefully they were uh, they were very methodical in their answers uh whereas the cross-examination uh by brendan miller the uh lawyer for the convoy the convoy people, when he was doing his cross examinations, they weren't so, they weren't so uh, rehearsed. Okay, they they just they just weren't they weren't on their game because when he was asking the questions, they were off their game because they they didn't know what he was going to ask them. Uh, they were somewhat prepared, but they had amnesia when it came to certain things. Other things they they didn't recall or they claimed uh, cabinet uh, privilege. Uh, because it was spoken in the in the house, but that shouldn't matter as far as doing the inquiry. It should be should be open. But anyway, like I said, that's just kind of my take on it on how it kind of unfolded. But when uh, a lot of the notes and a lot of the documents uh, that were uh, redacted, Brendan Miller wanted them unredacted because I'm gonna I'm gonna pop a few up here for you that were redacted. So you're kind of up against it. Here you go. Uh, you're kind of up against it when you see these documents that are 80 or 90 percent uh, 
redacted and you're trying to basically form a case or ask questions around it and you know you're you're up against it because you can't you can't you can't see what's underneath the, all the stuff that's blacked out and then you have the uh the uh, lawyers for the convoy crew there brendan miller he of course asked the the mediator uh in regards to this redacted these redacted notes and getting them unredacted and they had a bit of a tit for tat and uh brendan ended up getting thrown out so check this out commission council has not completed her i understand but sir and your council's advised you that um, no i, I know you've directed I'm sorry, you wanted the I'm application sorry, i'm speaking yes sir um the application if you want to do it you've been advised it's to be done in writing not in the middle of the sir, presentation. Sir, we filed two motions so in writing I'm, at your direction that you've refused to rule on with respect I'm, to the redaction of documents from the government of Canada. You're speaking. That has not I'm been speaking. ruled on and okay. have been filed for I days. I will take a break while uh, you're asked sir, to leave. I will return in five minutes if uh, security could deal with the council. Now it's hard to play the game when uh, it seems like the game's kind of stacked against you. It's uh, kind of difficult to do. Uh, but anyway, so first up, uh, Christia Freeland. Uh, Christia Freeland, uh, when she was being cross-examined by Brendan uh, Miller, she got thrown a couple times because she, she, she sp spoke very slow and methodically. She was basically chewing up the time. And Brendan Miller, he... Uh, he basically told her, don't chew up the time. And uh, that was kind of a funny, funny moment. You could see that online. You can find it anywhere. Uh, but another spot that I'm going to touch on here is when uh, he was asking her about the Terry Fox monument. And she remembered it very well. And she said, oh, I remember it very well. And I remember telling my kids and my kids were, you know, they were mortified over it. They, they took it pretty, pretty bad. What happened to the Terry Fox statue? And of course, Brenda Miller said, oh, you know, there was a, a mandate for freedom sign on it and the pride flag and a Canadian hat. I'm going to show that to you as well. And then he asked her in regards to uh, the pride flag, if she remembered, you know, that occurring or anything like that. And of course, yeah, she had no recollection of uh, the Terry Fox statue with the with the pride flag on it. I'm going to pop that up for you as well. Uh, so, yeah, it's kind of... Uh, selective memory there if you ask me but uh, anyway and another uh common thing that occurred was of course the nazi flag carrier that was the very first day this uh gentleman came and he had a nazi flag and a trudeau flag on a big pole and he's walking far enough away so it was hard to get a good picture of him but uh it was just the first day and only the first day it didn't linger on for weeks and uh, it was just one day, but the actual narrative lingered on for weeks because people latched onto that narrative of the Nazi flag because that symbolism is so strong when it comes to hatred, of course. Um, it just resonates with people in a really, uh, in a real bad way. So when people see that, that's what, that's what resonates with them. So of course they stung to that, they stuck to that uh, narrative and they pushed it throughout the media. But when Brenda Miller asked about the Nazi flag, uh, she didn't seem to know about it, or Mendocino didn't seem to know about it. Meanwhile, it was all over the internet. It was it was everywhere, and uh, like I said, this, so this gentleman's going through the going through the crowd at the very first day. He was only seen the one day, 
and he was far enough away, but he, he was wearing dark sunglasses and he was wearing a, a winter, winter hat with flaps over it. But uh, I got a couple of pretty good pictures of zoom in on him here on this individual. And you can see who this individual is. And I'm sure that somebody knows who this person is, whoever this, whoever this person is. Somebody knows him because he was walking amongst, uh, around people, walking through people. So those people that he was around, they must know this guy. They must have seen this guy and they must have said something to him. Somebody knows who this guy is. That's a fact. But these ministers didn't seem to know who this person was. But anyway, listen to this one question that Brendan Miller asks uh, uh, Christy Freeland here towards the end of her cross-examination. It's, uh, it's pretty good. Yeah, check this out. Recognize that as well. Okay. Can you agree with me if, you know, anytime it comes out that the Canadian government has misled, misled Canadians on something, it really hurts our international reputation, doesn't it? I think that the Canadian government should always seek not to mislead Canadians right. first and foremost, because that's wrong. And that is not the way we should treat Canadians. And in, in the many statements that have been said uh, by all the politicians in this matter, uh, one of the main things they talked about, and Justin Trudeau did particularly uh, on the uh, following the first weekend of the invocation of the Emergencies Act was these horrible, horrible, the Nazi flag and all those things that people saw in Ottawa. You heard him say that? Again, I have to say, <clears throat> prior to coming here, I have not oh. specifically reviewed specific statements of the Prime Minister. If you want to point to a specific one, yeah. maybe we could discuss it. You'd agree if it turned out those flags were linked to your government. That would look really bad for our international reputation, wouldn't it? Based on some... Okay, next. Whoa, that was a bit of a mic drop, eh? I, I love that. And uh, she was she was speechless, of course, but he walked away when he asked her that last question. And she, her, her, she was just, it was jaw-dropping. It was a great... Uh, it was a great moment because, of course, you know, in politics, it's all about sound bites and, 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 and clips, right? Little, little clips and sound bites. That's what it all basically boils down to. And uh, then anyway, so when Trudeau, he gets up and he starts doing his testimony. And uh, he starts by saying, uh, so one of the lawyers asked him uh, a question in regards to name calling. And he said, oh, you never call anyone any names. He's never, he's never called anyone names before. And... Uh, However you slice it or dice it, when you when you watch something in a video or you see pictures of something, and like they say, a picture is worth a thousand words, but the video, when you see video of somebody saying something, and it's kind of hard to back out of that. So I'm sure they knew, his lawyers knew that this was going to come up, and they kind of backtracked a little bit, right? So when he was saying that, oh, he never called unvaccinated people, unvaccinated people names, I don't know about you, but it doesn't matter if they're vaccinated or unvaccinated. These are Canadian citizens. And he said he didn't insult anyone or call people names. But the way I look at it is as soon as you see these videos, you'll realize he, in fact, called people names. So the first video I'm going to show you is the question being asked of him. The second video I'm going to show you is of an interview with him in Quebec. And now it's in French. So I've translated it because it's exactly what's printed in English on the screen. So I'm going to show it up. I'm going to throw it up here for you. I take 
personally, because I wish I could have done more and, and to I convince don't people to, to, cut to you get off, vaccinated. But I only have 10 minutes. So thank you. That was helpful. Uh, Mr. Prime just, just to interrupt you, you're going to have to shorten it because you're, you're uh, already over your time. Okay, thank you. A number of people have testified in this inquiry referencing your widely published comments and calling the unvaccinated racists and misogynists. And we have heard testimony in this inquiry about how some of your officials wanted to label protesters as terrorists. Would you agree with me? that one of the most important roles of a prime minister is to unite Canadians and not divide them by engaging in name-calling? Uh, I did not call people who were unvaccinated names. I highlighted there is a difference between people who are hesitant to get vaccinated for any range of reasons and people who deliberately spread misinformation that puts at risk the life and health of their fellow Canadians. Okay, and well, my focus every step of the way and the well, primary responsibility of a prime minister is to keep Canadians. And uh, here it is. And this is what it says. This is exactly what he said during the interview, but it was in French, like I said. So this is him. This is verbatim quote. Yes, we will get through this pandemic through vaccination. When we know, we all know some people who are hesitating a bit. We will try to convince them, but there are also people who strongly opposed to vaccinations, are extremists. We do not believe, who do not believe in science, who are often misogynistic, often racist, or even it is a herd so big, but it takes up space. And there we have it to make a choice as a leader, as a country, do we have, do we tolerate these people? Or do we say, well, seeing most people because 80% of Quebecers did the right thing, they got, did the right thing. They got vaccinated. We want to get back to something, something we love to do. It is for those people who will block us, for these people who will block us. That's what he said in that interview. So simple question for you. Did he or did he not call people names? Canadian citizens did not call them names. Now, this leader, he got up in front of everyone, of course, and he put his hand on the Bible and said he you know, swore to tell the truth and the whole truth and all that fun stuff. But leaders are supposed to bring people together. They are not supposed to divide people. This is very, very divisive talk. You can do all the, they can do all the word salad they want, try to explain everything they want and just throw all this nonsense at you. But videos, it's right there for you to listen to. He knows what he said. Other people knows what, knows exactly what he says. So there you have it. There it is. Like I said, to say one thing and do another, of course, it's hypocritical, but it is what it is. We know we know that uh, that's the outcome of that. And uh, of course, according to the implication of the Emergency Act, there are certain criteria that have to be followed according to CSIS. And according to Marco Mendocino, he's the public safety minister. These are in his own words. And he said this during the inquiry. So I'm going to play this clip for you that the lawyer asked him a question. Have a look at this. 
Mr. Commissioner. Yeah, I guess maybe just have the, the document sure. put up. If, if we can have the up. doc ID number. Yeah. The ID number is ssm.can.407721. Mr. Commissioner, it's possible because of the timing of the disclosure, it's not available in the party database right now. I can, but the uh, the clerk's been emailed a copy. Yep. So I do have a copy, and I'll put it up on the screen shortly. Okay. Let's read this then. Can we scroll down a little bit, please? A little bit more, please. Okay. NES spoke with NSIA. It looks like Ann Jody Thomas, but the NSIA is Jody Thomas. Section 2 of the CSIS Act, violence not met. Wonder if we need full 30 days if Ottawa cleared. I suppose the question would be, Minister, were you aware that it had been concluded that Section 2 of the CSIS Act was not met. Was, uh, sorry, what is the date of this note? I'm afraid I don't know. Well, look, le leaving that aside, uh, yes, it, it I was- It says it's before the speech Monday morning, which okay. is the date that they announced the invocation. That might assist. Okay. Uh, yes, I, I was aware that CSIS had concluded that Section 2 under the CSIS Act uh, was not met. I was aware of that fact. Thank you. Okay, well. Uh... So that's kind of interesting, right? That they didn't, uh, under the, the rule number two under CSIS, they didn't uh, basically have what it took to take to uh, invoke the act, but they did anyway. So that's kind of interesting. But by invoking this emergency act, I believe it created more harm than good. Uh, I created another podcast about uh, back in February of last year, uh, second or third podcast in, and uh, I explained a little bit more in regards to the, the trucker convoy and what was going on at the time. Uh, I just believe it's an absolute travesty what happened to our fellow Canadian citizens. The men and women of the country that were there at the time and what happened to them it is an absolute travesty um i'm going to show you another video here and uh, as i show you this video I'll, I'll just probably be talking in the background but i'm going to show you this this video and um this video basically is of, of our citizens being assaulted military style goons who were ordered by politicians to breach the charter of rights and freedoms and the rights of others now these goons they know who they are. They can't hide behind orders and just say, oh, we're just following orders. Because German soldiers did that same thing back in World War II. They said that they were just following orders. Well, when they went to trial in 1946 and they were charged under the Nuremberg rules, Nuremberg trials, they were charged because the, the judges at the time said that they were in control of their own decision-making process and they could have said no they could have said this is morally wrong this is something 
that we do not want to do. Just because they were ordered to do something, it was found that them as human beings could have said, no, we are not going to do it. But watching footage of my fellow citizens being trampled by horses or tear gassed or assaulted with rifle butts, kicked and punched on the ground. And the footage of these crimes in Ottawa was absolutely, it was just disgusting to, to see. But this government thinks that it did the right thing by invoking this act. And the protesters in Ottawa, they were just simply standing up for their rights. They didn't want any more mandates and they were standing up against this tyrannical government. It's just that simple. They just wanted these mandates to stop. They're mandates, not even laws. It wasn't even put into law. It has to go through the process and there were mandates. That's what they were. They could have done so many more things, the government, but they said that they were out of, they were out of things to do. They, they had no other choice. They had to in, in, invoke this act. Well, they could have done one more thing. That one more thing was what the protesters wanted in the first place. They simply wanted someone to come down and speak with them, sit down at a table and have a dialogue, actually just speak with them, get some things settled, get some things sorted out. But they didn't do that. So why didn't they do that? It's a great question to ask yourself. Why didn't they do that? It's, so, it's just so simple. Anyway, I believe that the whole inquiry was a bit of a fiasco. I know that they, if you watch any of it or heard any of it by yourself, you'd say that they, or see that they, they said there was, it was transparent. They were trying to be transparent. I believe Trudeau said it. Um, Freeland said it. They wanted to be transparent. I believe it was about as transparent as smoke glass. It wasn't transparent. They were, they're hiding stuff. They're hiding the stuff that's redacted. They were, they're, they're hiding stuff that should be in the open so that the lawyers for the for the citizens can can get to the bottom of what is actually going on. Anyway, that in a nutshell is all I have to say about the uh, emergency inquiry. And um, that's it for that. So anyway, thanks for listening to me. Thanks for listening to what I had to say about the inquiry. And uh, when you have time, go and check it out yourself. Um, please take time to subscribe and like my channel as well. It uh, helps with the algorithm, of course. It moves you up or down the chain in, in, in YouTube, of course. Uh, you can listen to me uh, via podcast um, on any Android or iPhone uh, application. Just download any any app that you can listen to podcasts. It's the Surge Effect. I'm on Rumble as well. I'm on Twitter and Instagram as well. Um, if you have uh, want to leave any comments about what I've talked about, uh, just uh, drop me an email. It's um, podcast at the Surge Effect uh, .ca. Yeah, just uh, drop me a drop me a line, and uh, who knows, I might. Use whatever you've said on my uh, next podcast. Uh, next podcast coming up, I might uh, talk about a few different things. Maybe Elon Musk and what he's done with Twitter so far, which is which is great. There's so much stuff in the news cycle. It's there's just an endless sea of things to uh, talk about. Um, I might uh, talk about maybe some UFO stuff in the future as well. I'm a big UFO, big UFO guy. Always have been. It's always intrigued me and. Uh, political stuff of course as well but uh stay informed and uh that's the key just stay informed what's going on around you because sometimes things happen behind the scenes that you have no idea about uh, but anyway thanks for listening to me today everyone and um until next time i'm off the air cheers this 
episode sponsored by He Shirts, She Shirts. Go to www.heshirtsshishirts.ca. Just type in the letters TSA, the surge effect. When you check out, type in TSA for your coupon and receive 10% off your next purchase. Thanks for listening to today's podcast, everybody.